0: Live on Twitch, Saturdays, 1500 Universal Time. I am not Matarol, but apotheny Alliance Tournament Amar Championship, an EVENT host and commentator, staff writer for CrossingZebras.com, member of Sniggerdly and Pandemic Legion, and today's podcast host, as Matarol is away with a massive hangover in Eve, Vegas. This is a podcast about Eve Online, a sci fi computer game played around the clock by people all over the world. Politics, sovereignty, trade, economics, and war have created a 14-year continuum of epic history, all created by players themselves. If you would like to show your support for this show, we'd greatly appreciate follows, subscribes, bits or tips during the show. If you're listening to the podcast, you can contribute through patreon.com forward slash material. And on behalf of the team, I'd like to thank you for your continual support. EVE Online has struggled to find consistent growth with concurrent logged-in players for several years. But what we have seen seen grow is the size and passion of the player base for spending time together. Some say that EVE is more than a game, but I believe instead that this shows what a game can grow to be in our lives. The emotion, narratives, and connections we make with each other as human beings, not just from EVE, but from the entire gaming scene shows our young medium to be the next great new art form following in the footsteps of literature, TV and film. Eve can be a hobby, an escape, a lifestyle, a way to meet lifelong friends or even spouses. An example of this enthusiasm is the exponential growth of of the Eve Vegas Player Meetup, a huge three-day event where players fly from all over the planet to spend time with their space friends and a huge contingent of the game's developers. Today we will be primarily focusing on last night's keynote, which revealed new information about what we can expect to see in the game over the next six months. We have a fantastic Guest list is awesome, so I'll we'll run down them. Firstly, we have uh, Astrothy, who is my first go-to when I have to assemble a guest list for any show about EVE. How are you doing, Astrothy? and what are you doing, EVE?
1: How's it going? I had to mute the actual stream. Uh, I am doing good, fresh out of our Assault Otama. Uh, very excited from what I saw at the keynote yesterday. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. It's good to have my CEO on the show. Uh, Next, we have uh, the infamously spicy and hardworking CSM Jintan. Howdy, howdy. It's good to
2: be here. Uh, What do you do in even Jintan? I'm a member of the CSM, the player-elected representative community to CCP. I'm the head FC of CBA, and I also occasionally make videos.
0: Next, we have Caleb Irania, I've never actually asked you how to pronounce your name, um, how are you doing buddy what are you doing? Here?
3: Hey Barthony. Uh it's Irania, um, well I mostly do market stuff, you're looking at the market graphs and uh, putting in investments and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, have been doing that for quite a while and yeah then I'm slightly affiliated with uh, all this pundit uh, stuff and I write for INN.
0: We have another regular, Carnarus. how are you doing buddy?
4: Good morning, good morning. Uh, this is Carneros, I'm the CEO of the Bastion Alliance in Nlsec and I'm participating from my hotel room at eVegas 2017. You can probably hear last night's party in my voice.
0: And last, but certainly not least, we have Apple Pear. How are you doing, buddy? Hello, I'm good. I'm a member of Akiyoku
5: in Goons from Federation and a family of C sometimes. Okay,
0: And then the last person to mention, who is the most important, is uh, McLeod, who is running all the tech for the show, as he does so expertly every week and desperately trying to make my life easy, though apparently everything is currently broken, but we are trying to fix it. Okay, so today we are going to be focusing primarily and firstly on... The keynote from last night. We had four devs: Nagual, Fuzzy, Berger, and Rice. Talk about what we can expect to see in the coming Lifeblood expansion, and CCP's plans for the coming four to six months. Uh, overall, I think it seems to be the case that when it comes to projects that, for example, Team 5.0 were working on, uh, Team Size Matters, and a few of the dev teams, CCP are largely putting on hold much of their plan moving forward in order to put real-time into fixing what they have been releasing in terms of structures for the past uh, year or so um jintan as a member of the csm um does that sound about right with the current direction and focus of ccp as expressed in the keynote
2: yeah i gotta say this keynote was really don't don't quite know how to put it but it was uh something that we were really hoping to see but we didn't want to like um believe that ccp would be able to turn around on this uh, so soon you know there were a lot of issues that were addressed and i'm sure we'll go into the details on them uh, fairly soon but as you kind of heard from us after the summit we were very worried that ccp wasn't um taking what we were saying and what the community was saying seriously enough you know they uh they really do seem to have listened to us here and it's uh something that's great to see
1: uh, i have a concern
2: or i have a question about that
1: because last year in vegas they talked about they didn't use exactly the same language, but they basically talked about an overall structure improvement. Um, and we got some of them, but there were things like, uh, remote drop off. So that way you could, you could put something in a structure by being, while you're tethered outside of it or something like that. Um, and yet we haven't seen any of that and it wasn't mentioned in this 2.0. So does that mean that those things were lost?
3: Uh, Isn't it in the uh, quality of life, uh, thing that I, they I mentioned. Uh, there's a lot like of definitely. stuff in there, including maybe uh, the promised contract changes and all that stuff. So Haven't they put out
2: a dev blog on this yet?
3: I haven't seen if they have or not. Sorry, I've been a uh, little UCCA ill.
0: After- Mimic promised a dev blog in the week when she gets back from Vegas. Apparently she's just finalizing it before she releases it. Uh, team Mimic being the manager of Team Five O, which is the team that has been primarily the one working on structures. That's the team with uh, Fozzy and Nagwal who we saw on stage.
2: Yeah, so, I, I can would I get would
0: wait into for that any details? Can I get an overall yay or nay about the keynote? I don't know if you want to give me out of 10. If you want to say how many stops on the hype train you guys are, give me like an overall uh, kind of first impressions how you felt when you finished the presentation. 7 out of 10.
1: Well, so the keynote was only the first part. We're not talking about CCP Presents. We're not talking about the stuff that Hilmar showed. We're talking about just the EVE Online stuff.
0: Just the EVE
5: Online keynote. I'm uh, pretty happy about it. Uh, They're finally doing something about the, the Citadels and making that more available to attack and still be able to defend themselves reasonably with the changes they're doing. So I'm quite happy that they're really going to focus on that and make life for everybody who wants to deal with those damn things uh, much easier. The thing I really like is the the active-inactive state, that, you're, that you have one less timer if it's inactive. So people have to invest something, and they're not just everywhere in space. And yeah, I'm uh, in general quite happy about uh, what I did about that, Kineres, so you were in the room, right?
4: I was in in an overflow area because it's too There's twelve hundred people at this event, and the room can fit seven hundred and fifty.
0: Well, so, um, in terms uh, of the reaction and the feel in the room obviously it's vegas people have been drinking people having your time and generally a live audience is going to be your most supportive um how did the feel of the room compare to other eve talks you've been to where they revealed stuff and also as an ex-developer for eve online how do you feel ccp um probably are gauging that reaction if you kind of had to think about how CCP looking at the crowd? What the reaction they got? How what they might be thinking given the reaction they got from the room?
4: Well, the the reactions were were good, um, sometimes very good, and then a little bit later when they started when uh, Hilmar got up and started talking about other CCP activities unrelated to Eve, it's easy to con it's easy to compare and contrast the earlier reactions from the Eve keynote with those which were more muted. It was a fairly uh, mild uh, reaction when he introduced, for example, a mobile phone game. And, and no one Might you that.
0: classify the support as polite?
4: Yeah. Well, no. The I would say the latter section was polite support, yes. The, the, but the EVE keynote, I think, was warm. And I'm personally pretty happy about everything I see. I'm nervous about the moon fracking thing. I believe firmly that alliances do need an income source uh, and I don't immediately see a path to how this will work for my alliance but uh, uh, but everything else I, I liked what I saw about the structures ship tuning the, uh, we're going to go through the list so I don't want to tip our hand but that all looked good
1: I, I will say that my only concern about the keynote at all which I, I would give it an 8 out of 10 just uh, overall. My only concern is, is that it's clear that they're still having pretty significant issues properly messaging the new PvE content. Uh, I noticed that when they transitioned to talking about the FOBs and the, um, the uh, resource wars, it, it almost feels like they didn't quite have that pitch totally locked down.
0: Okay, so um, we have a lot of material to get through. And not that much time to get through it so we're going to go through it chunk by chunk and uh, make yourself uh, known in our beautiful discord backstage channel uh, if you want to talk about a certain topic or just jump in on on top of uh, people when they finish talking Uh, by the way we do have a discord channel for talking in stations i'm sure somebody helpful will link that in the stream chat and it will also likely be linked um, on soundcloud if you're listening to there or wherever you're listening to this you will probably be able to find a link for the discord somewhere so first, we had CCP Nagwell, who I believe is a member of Five O. who's a relatively new dev. Um, so the purpose of his talk is that specifically of moon mining and primarily of what we are seeing in terms of how that's changed since the last dev blog we had about moon mining and basically what we're getting in life, but towards the end of this month. So in moon mining, we have, um, firstly, it is one of the most beautiful graphically things cc have done in the game i thought the new suns were mind-blowing but literally firing a laser into a moon grabbing a chunk out and pulling it into space which is literally what is happening with moon mining that's pretty cool to go over the base mechanics you set up your refinery at the one beacon per moon in the game you then fit your drilling module you then uh, set up your laser to start mining the moon. After one to eight weeks, which is an important um, time frame to notice, the rock of the moon will be pulled out and exploded around your refinery. The same volume will come out each time, I believe, but there is the potential for a variable grade. Um, there will be potentially jackpot Um, poles where you will receive double the useful materials in as such that it will be a higher quality ore even if though even if you will be mining the same volume of ore there will be a mining ledger uh, both for the alliances who moon there will also be a personal mining history retroactive as of july 2017 to see what you have mined your mining efficiency it's gonna be a great thing to Discuss with your friends, ha, I've mined more trip, more belt spar than you this month. Let's have a competition for next month that could possibly lead into corporate alliance competitions for who mines the most and all that kind of thing. And then, of course, also the last thing to mention is that there is a resource reshuffle, um, which which means that the distribution of uh, moon goo and moon materials is being completely changed with the seed being chosen by players. And there are multiple choices for that seeding text shortlist is the goon must flow which is an adapted uh, Frank Her- Herbert's Dune quote. There's the apple pie quote from Carl Sagan. If you want to make an apple pie from scratch, first you must invent the universe. Of course, there's Moony Moonface. Then there is the list of astronauts who have walked on our own moon around the planet Earth. And there is also the beautiful Cino poem. So specifically to the topic of moon mining, What are your guys' feel, both of the overall update and the new information that we've had come out from the keynote specifically?
1: I'm disappointed that the seed is almost certainly going to be (laughs) Mooney (laughs) McMoonface.
3: I like the fact that they disclosed that they were going to open it up for Wormhole Space and highsec. That's really hyping me up a little bit. Let's be clear about that. That's only for normal ores, not for moon ore. Yeah, but uh, still, the mechanic will move there, and that means that all the structural uh, hardware will be needed there too. So it's definitely going to have an impact. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be training legs, right? Uh, you can train in, in wormhole and in highsec until you start moving out into the more uh, lucrative stuff.
1: They also announced that moon mining is coming to wormhole space. That's what Caleb just said.
5: But no, um, sorry about the thing. The jackpot order is pretty sweet. Uh, More distribution. uh, Some people put it already on Reddit, etc. There's a lot of Maxilon in that, what it looks like now. So that might uh, be for NullSec pretty sweet. We get finally the Maxilon shortages uh, saved from that. Um, For the rest... uh, yeah there is uh, the ledger is nice we know most of it already about it, so it's I think it's for me like let it come. I want to see how it goes and see if we get some uh, nice fighter
0: fights out of it to be clear they recently updated the distribution of moon minerals on sissy, but that yes. is not the distribution that is going to exist in the game, given that they are yet to decide the random seed that will distribute them it is not it's, possible to know what the distribution is going to be. It is not the distribution of the moons. What I was talking about, more the the ores that are there
5: and the contents of those ores. It's not sure if it's the final one, but it looks
3: yeah. very. It, okay. it, it, like, it looks it like the they're universe. going to compensate, right? They're going to compensate for the lack of, of Mexilun by putting yep. them in the the, the, the new uh, feature, so that that will actually pull people to, to start using it. And uh, it's a very smart move, in my personal opinion.
1: So some people are asking why there would be why. And this was something I was asked in our ch- internal channels. Why add moon mining to wormhole space? They already have the best ore in the game. Because
3: fundamentally speaking. Code. Sorry? To get rid of the old code and down the line, right? If this becomes a success, this could eventually mean that they can uh, pull out and maybe renew uh, the old static uh, ore stuff. So I, I think that's their plan, because that code is so old that no one even knows how it's working completely
2: well i think, I that's think that it's just it's just them trying to give um more quantity of ore to wormholes which has been raised as a problem by several wormhole parties before uh, most notably newman and sullen to a degree although it does you know something that we were worried about is that this gives wormholes a greater edge than NullSec without having to actually pay for the upgrades. This was something that we raised. But It's worth noting that the wormholes won't have um, T2 moon minerals. They'll only have uh, ores, like um, mineral ores. Yeah, like ABCs and stuff. But
1: So the point of it is that there's a significant difference between an asteroid belt that is just controlled by the universe and one of these things, which is effectively a player-owned asteroid belt, right? That you can control how often it comes up. It's got a defense system, because it's got a freaking structure 100 uh, kilometers away. You know, It's a significantly different thing. So I think it's a good thing that this is coming to wormhole space, because it just opens up opportunities. You're right, it doesn't add anything, any new resources to be in wormhole space, but it does add just a new thing for wormhole organizations to um, organize around.
3: And and it's, a, it's a knob that's easier to, to turn and, and tweak from CCP's side if they plan on doing something with the static roids and with anomalies. Say, say they wanted to nerf anomalies a bit, then having that as a backup boost is perfectly valid. It makes perfect sense and it won't actually disrupt too much of the current system. And one thing that I like
5: about it, that, that, that it also does, it gives opportunity in high-sec, they said 0.5 systems, so not all of high-sec, and, and also a Wormhole Space to make plan, like mining ops, that do it as a corp together or as an alliance together that you say, hey, then we're going to blow up that moon, everybody come together, and it's like makes more group mining and it's always good to have activities together in EVE. So I like that about it also.
1: The other thing to remember, is that uh, like, not all wormholes are C5, C6, right? And, and, and yes, it, it's true that like, wormholes have been very apexed recently, but I think that this is the kind of change that can really bring life to lower, level C, uh, lower C wormholes as smaller player organizations can hold them and do cool stuff in them.
0: One of the things I'd like to mention, though it wasn't mentioned in the keynote, I've heard rumors in the rumor mill. Uh, possibly on Reddit, possibly somewhere else, and Jintan, I'm sure you can confirm deny if you're up to date on what is NDA and what isn't, um, is that the asteroids surrounding the structure, they will be just beyond the edge of the structure being able to defend those mining there. You certainly won't be able to tether. um, But further, that the new asteroid field created by exploding the giant moon rock is going to be moving or rotating in some fashion, which means that the mega slow war drones um, will be less effective necessarily than they are in regular asteroid belts. Is this a very conscious specific choice, do we think, or is this um, just something cool? I don't know if you can confirm to deny that Jintan and what people
2: think of it. Doesn't it tie uh, into the animation? Yeah, it's mostly an animation thing. Um, it, they, the ore does stop once it reaches a certain distance away from the epicenter of the explosion. Um, but and it basically means that your rocks won't be as good right at the start as the minerals are still spooling out.
0: However, That's it's
2: really, worth noting... It's, it's on the
0: rotational really orbit about the refinery,
2: then. It is merely... It explodes and moves outwards. To yeah. Effect. The chunk That's itself it. is detonated, then the minerals move out from there, and that is a uh, that is a, initially very fast, and then it slows down until it reaches its um, intended uh, maximum radius. It's worth noting, however, that you can scrab and web, uh, scram and web the rocks at this point, which means that you can... Uh, you can potentially actually keep them still. If you scram and web them, they go to zero meters
3: a second. So, I but they're spinning, right? The whole field is spinning. Uh, I don't know about that. I haven't heard anything about that. In the animation, it looks as if the whole uh, chunk is actually rotating around its own axis, and that's why it creates that spiralized uh, effect on the explosion, right? So if that continues after it's been popped, that makes perfect sense, and it adds a bit of dynamic to the mining.
5: No, what 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 people tested it uh, already within our organization, and what I uh, what I heard is that within like thirty three minutes, all rocks stop. The explosion is there. It takes thirty three minutes or something like that. Uh, may, maybe the exact number is not correct to move the rocks, and then they sit still and then you can just mine it like a normal asteroid belt, and, uh, and then it disappears after a day or two or something, whatever the time is with that. But it doesn't keep moving. It keeps moving for like the first 30 minutes, maybe an hour, and then it stops moving.
0: Okay.
2: Anyone else That's on how I understood mining? it as well. Um, in general, I'm still mildly concerned about moon mining, but I think that with the new, um, with the new structure mechanics, it should be a lot more healthy.
0: And speaking of new structure mechanics, thank you for the segue, Mr. Tan. No Um, worries. We move on to possibly the most complained about, most requested change by the most vocal part of the player base, we'll call them that. We have Citadels, it's being called Citadels 2.0. So Upwell is having a large firmware update, um, and this is Afterlife Blood. This is not what is coming at the end of October. This is uh, CCP Fozzie's section in the keynote, the second dev section of four. Um, starts to one out. This is allegedly coming at some point in the first quarter 2018. I don't know if that means it's coming in the first quarter 2018 or it's coming next to Vegas. right? right. So there, there's a certain level of CCP scheduling that we always have to account for. But the uh, breakdown is the following. The structures will be gaining an active and an inactive state. In an, it is in an active state when there is any service module running on it, which will require fuel. That is when it's active. And it is when it is inactive, when that is not happening, it will have lower shield and armor HP, which means that reinforcement cycles are quicker. And further, there will be one less reinforced timer. It will lose the armor timer. I don't know why that they're losing, why lo- having lower armor HP in, an, in the inactive state when you don't have an armor timer, but I'm I'm sure that makes sense to people who understand citadels more than me. Then we have a complete rework of the reinforcement system. As I mentioned, a citadel in an inactive state is um, going to have one less reinforcement timer and require less time to reinforce through lower HP. Um, But overall, there's a rework of the reinforce system in that you will be able to shoot the shield timer 24 7 to force the initial timer. That will come out in the following one to two days, but at a time chosen by the attacker by the time they attack the second timer of three will come out at a date chosen by the defender Uh, and then the final timer will be at a date and a time chosen by the defender for a great last stand. I'm not entirely certain if I still want three timers and a great last stand for every single Goram Astra Hoose in the universe, but this is a massive, massive improvement. The total length of the set of reinforcement times will vary depending on space, with wormholes and nullsec having the shortest timers, possibly wormholes having shorter than nullsec, followed by lowsec and then highsec with the longest Timers. In terms of combat, the Citadels will be gaining burst projectors in the style of super carriers. They are removing the much-hated void bomb, which is part of the reason we've been forced into Macarios Online, though an AoE mute burst effect is still is going to exist in f- some form, which may take the role, depending on the stats we see for that. CCPR specifically trying to design it such that there is more skill for the attacker and defender I don't know if this is going to be skill checks such as do you have a hick to make sure your logi doesn't get boost or if it is a push and pull skill where each group is trying to outplay each other because there are you know very various types of uh, addition of skill to the game there will be a they will gain the gravitational puller from titans they will have we will have more structure fighters and T2 structure modules. And then the fourth point brought up, which we've already mentioned, is that moon mining is in wormhole space in ISX. So there's a huge, huge overhaul of the entire structure system. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is CCP going, okay, we want to get to the next set of new structures. That's really important. but. The CSM have convinced us that we need to fix what's going on already, because uh, many people are not very happy. And I'm sure Jintang can, t- Jin can talk to us about that. But the first question I want to ask is actually to Ashtarothi. Um I, uh, I'm assuming when you heard that low sex citadels would be close to the long end of time, time to get rid of them, and also that they didn't speak at all to the current problem citadels have in faction warfare space, that you might have been shedding a tear what are your thoughts on the citadel changes and what what does faction warfare need because i know the citadels are currently a huge problem in faction warfare space right
1: yeah so um basically the short of it is is that whether or not you see that citadels are a problem in faction warfare they've definitely changed the game like the faction warfare has had to completely adjust based on it um and this change was a change that was made without faction warfare in mind so not all of the knock-on effects are that great that being said several of the changes definitely address the problems that i have the fact that inactive timers have or the inactive uh, citadels have only two timers means that you can't just like drop uh, a Ritaru in every system and then feel like you you now own the war zone regardless of who has control uh and that's good the question that i have is very much how long until that last stand has, uh, is because if you think about it what really needs to happen is you need to be able to push somebody out of the system and you need to be able to do it relatively quickly um with cosses you could push somebody out of the system within three days with the new structure system if the citadel gets anchored you could have up to two weeks of non-stop siege and so far no faction has actually been able to resist or sustain against that level of onslaught. So um, I'm not sure if this is going to be enough of a change, but it actually very well could be.
4: I'm personally going to use this uh, change to the citadels and the fueling part to go through my alliance and tell all my guys, if you don't need that structure up, take it down. If there are 25 others in the system and your functionality is covered, don't fuel them all. Just And don't just leave it up and inactive. Take it down. We'll use it again somewhere else. Like on a deployment.
5: It would be sweeter to have your system where you're living in to be able to see anything on the Overview uh, instead of Citadel's because...
2: I'm, just, I'm sorry. Someone just used all the hot water in our house and my little brother was in the shower. And all, yeah. So, I do
1: appreciate, like, the Citadel as boss mechanic. I think that that's pretty cool. And I do... I mean, like, I think I'm most excited for the balance changes to Citadels, because if fighting the Citadels are fun and not just like, hey, we have to be in Macarials because that's the way that it works. Um, as long as they can change that, I think it'll be a much more interesting world because we were totally happy with knocking over Citadels. It's just it, it, it ended up being too much of a hassle all the time.
3: I think maybe we should correct the second timer argument. Uh, it was also pointed out in chat. I don't know if Jintan or Apple wants to point out that it was actually in the defender's favor on the second time as well. Yeah. Well, well yeah. So the, fir- so, so
1: the sorry, first timer sorry. is whenever you want. Like you go in there you hit it, and then the next timer will be. It's kind of like POCOs, right? So it's at least a day. I'm pretty sure, and then it'll it'll come out during the time frame that was chosen, right? So like. Uh, we are U.S. time zone. So you can come and hit our, our, our asterisk whenever you want, and then it'll come out sometime in the next day or two during U.S. time zone. And then you can hit it again then, but we don't get to choose the day. And then the final last stand occurs on the day and hour or you know window of our choosing. So probably during our, what
3: would be our vulnerability window in the old style. And it's got a nice knock-on effect that this thing might actually mean that a lot more structures will be uh, uh, launched and taken down and be kept on stock so there might be some more trade going on and that could also spill over into actual active handing over and trading uh, structures uh, from a real estate perspective so a lot of interesting uh, secondary effects from these changes i think
5: and one thing i love about it is that uh, uh, you can always shoot the structure, and that was something what Posse said also. And uh, indeed, people always time the stront of the boss, that's how you set the second timer when a boss, how much strand is in the bay for that. And then you could always time it to one time zone, but uh, you could always attack it. So if you go somewhere to fight somewhere, then you can have the first timer that gets shot, you can have that do in another time zone. Uh, then the second and third timer and that's something that's uh pretty excites me because uh in some of the wars we had lately uh because everything was all time to australian time zone of all time to euro all time to us only really one uh one time zone got to fight big in that war all other things were like somewhere else so they just had some roaming fleets and now you get a chance if you organize you get a big war that all time zones get to participate in it and it's not just one time zone who does everything so that's just uh, something that excites me much and uh should make uh things better for multiple time zones and etc so
2: yeah i
1: think th- that th- that's, th- th- that's th- a huge
2: deal yeah that's a yeah, huge th- deal. The key point here is that we now actually have some form of attackers initiative when it comes to structure bashing and that doesn't sound like much, but it's going to be very key to making sure that people feel like they can always make content. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, also it has to do with, with the psychology
3: of it. Uh, strategically, doesn't it also, like, nerf the whole trolley launching of uh, Citadel?
2: Yeah, but we've already had some other things that attack that. The main thing that will really affect um, Citadel spam comes later uh, with the active and inactive state.
3: Yeah, but with the the fueling and with the initiative of uh, the attacker changing, that should make it slightly not viable to do the whole uh, structure spamming, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You're no longer going to have such an insane defender's advantage. And whilst we'll... um, I don't know if CCP has talked about uh, inactive states not giving um, whatever it's called, uh, tethering. But I'd really really like to see inactive state not give tethering, because I think tethering is ridiculously powerful but um, we'll have to see.
5: That would be also something that uh, then all the low-sec highways that are now have to be fueled for people to get our supers around that instead of all the citadels that are not fueled at the moment, that uh, would at least make a cost for a lot of people and make that uh, much better, I totally agree.
3: And here's, here's thing for the um, On the whole playable Stargate thing and getting all the logistic stuff out of pauses.
5: i i I love to see that but i think it's more important for the game at the moment uh that uh, citadels are getting fun to fight about uh and not just a frustrating thing you have to deal with and i think this will make that much better you get rid of the void bomb so that's they said yeah they nerfed it a bit but it's still really powerful um to deal with, you have then indeed the, the burst projectors, but if they do it like the supercarrier, you can only do it so many times, some minutes, it's much shorter and etc. So, and it's not like one you are all, you kept gone. The fact of that is just, it tinkles through a bit. So you have the chance to burn out of it. And uh, you, people have to burst project at a certain location. And if you move around of the grid, then you can just move a, ra- away from where that burst projector is uh, done. Uh, so uh, it, it nerves a bit the fans, But on the other side, people, uh, and I take the g TFO is more for keep stars because it's a doomsday. Yeah. There, there are some things that make defense also better uh, with certain things. So, I, I think the, yeah, I, I think the it, it will become much better and much more fun to fight over citadels, and that's something the game really
3: needs. I just, I just get the feeling that these changes and this whole rollout, it's it's very nice. Uh, it looks as if it's a very nice uh, preparation for something like Stargates, um, because. When this starts showing that it works, then you have all the thing with the new fuel, with the inactive state, with the whole 2.0 system. Then adding a structure that's actually a Stargate and then removing all the old POS uh, bridge stuff makes perfect sense. It smells as if that might be the announcement at FanFest.
1: So I've got actually a question about uh, the market for Caleb and fuel and maybe some uh, speculation. Because so we have... Uh, the reaction change is coming later this month, and reactions cost fuel. And that's supposedly to make up for the fact that all of these reaction processes are going to be torn down in the next couple of weeks. And then now they're also going to make it so that there's going to be structures that are fueled, not even necessarily because you want their services on, but because you want them to remain in an active state. So what do you think this is going to do to the cost and availability of fuel. Do you think all of these shutting down passes are going to make it so that fuel is less in demand, or do you think all of these additional demands for fuel will make up for it? Do you think it'll overshoot?
3: Uh, I think it's a fair fair, fair assessment that it might have a huge impact. But the the point is, we don't know how many uh, structures that are launched that are more trolley or not really something that people care about, and then we don't really know exactly where the labor is going to shift when uh, when moon mining uh, arrives. So we don't know how much strain is going to be put on things like uh, ice mining. But and I and, and I would I would love to know a little bit about how much this is stockpiled already, and it looks like we're pretty overstocked. So I don't think the the impact will hit initially, but sure on on the long uh, run, you're definitely going to see. Uh, an increase in, uh, in fuel cost, I think.
1: And, and as a secondary question, not market-related, but practical with the inactive state, uh, maybe Gintown has the answer to this, but do we know whether or not the active inactive state will be visible? Like, will it be noticeable? Because right, right now, you don't know how much stront is in until you shoot the pass.
3: Isn't that going to show on the um, on the structure browser? Uh, modules that are active will show in your structure browser. If if they offline, uh, not if you don't have Actually, the
1: then you just put a spy in there. But I was just wondering, like like, will the lights turn off? <laughs>
0: These questions and more. I'm sure will be answered at the Structures session today. Um, There are many talks and it's kind of sad we can't have this show after those because I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more detail gone over in many of the talks that are happening today. Obviously, big shout out to Matarol's talk on the continuum of war and EVE at 12 p.m. local time today. You guys should go to that.
4: It's about three hours and 15 minutes from now.
0: That should also be on the CCP stream. Uh, Moving swiftly on, the last thing I didn't mention is that the Faction Citadels and Outpost replacements are being moved to at least spring, summer 2018. Obviously, to make way for all these changes they're doing, they're pushing that on a bit so Jintang gets to keep his home and not be a low sex CSM for an extra couple months uh, until possibly he's no longer on the CSM, assuming he's not running, Uh, but still. Moving on from that, the next thing that was discussed, which uh, was brought up by CCP Burger, was a bunch of PvE things. So um, the Blood Raiders, uh, we have had their shipyards out and about for a while now, down in the Imperium space. Um, They've been iterated on and the Blood Raiders are going to be continuing to improve and get stronger against the Great Capsulea threat. However, Blood Raiders are going to start putting forward operational bases in HiSec. This may be a system similar to Incursions, it may be something else entirely further. We have got confirmation of the Garista's shipyards coming through uh, as an equivalent in Garista's space. They, too, will have some interaction with HiSEC. I don't remember if they said it would be more forward operating bases or if it would be something else.
1: It is forward operating. Basically, Blood Raiders live in the north or in the south. Garistas live in the north. So from the south, you've got Blood Raiders coming in, and from the north, you've got Garistas coming in. But they're basically doing the same thing.
0: We got the confirmation, again, of the Garista's Capitals. We have the Kaiman, which is going to be the Garista's Dread, uh, the Komodo, which is the Garista's Leviathan uh, Titan-class spaceship, and the Loggerhead, which is the Garista's Force Auxiliary equivalent to the Minakawa. I really want to see the stats on that Minakawa. I I love flying triage. And the Blood Raider one, while really useful in specific cases, an Apostle is better for general use. Um, So I'm very excited. I'm
2: I'm fairly sure we do have the stats on the Minakawa. I'm fairly sure those were put out.
0: In which case, I missed them, and I'm very sad. Um, So yes, we have a lot more PvE content coming to the game. And then in in addition to that, in Berger's talk, we have resource wars which are, I, I I want to call them baby incursions, but that's not quite right. It is small-scale, social PvE-focused, such that it can be run in corvettes, or noob ships, as they're known. It's part of CCP's push to really make new players engage with the social aspect of the game as early on as possible during the tutorial, as it is fairly clear that one of the keys to player retention you are far more likely to sub to stay in the game for a long time if you make that social connection even online rather than playing on your own playing on your own is still obviously a very valid play style many people enjoy it but you are but On average, it is far more likely to gain a long-term player if they get socially involved in the game. What are our thoughts on all these things between all the new pirate PvE and also the new um, resource wars and CCP's push for early social interactions in the game?
1: Well, first of all, I want to correct something. This is not designed for Corvettes, right? We have only seen the Corvette content because we've only seen level ones, or I haven't actually seen anybody who's made it to the higher levels of this content yet. So it actually goes all the way up to battleships.
0: Yeah, um, but the, but the, the lowest can be run in Corvettes, Corvettes. and that's available for the newest players.
1: So, so the tier one of these events are up to two players, and it can be done in Corvettes. We did it... Um, uh, basically, a pirate frigate can literally do both the mining and the combat at the same time. So, uh, like a venture in a basic T1 frig is perfectly great to do the, the tier one version. Uh, and then it scales up to, I believe, in the tier five version, it's up to six players in battleships. I that think it's. Is-
5: so I think, go. Sorry, I think it's an it's nice that they're finally focusing on some changes to the PvE content that's mainly in high-sec to give people something else than only missions and something for smaller groups to work together. So if you're in a corp and you want to do something fun with a few people, then you have uh, something to do because missions doesn't really work that well if you do it with multiple people. So I think this is f- very good for the game in that uh, uh, aspect. And, Well, I thought that the, what the time brings us.
1: I, it's also, um, like there's a lot more to this too. Like for instance, there's the agent finder, which allows you to actually see these things throughout the cluster and actually link people to this content that's coming out. So, um, it's, it's actually going to be kind of interesting because, you know, you got to think about it as a new player, right? So the biggest problem is, is that as a new player, you get done with the tutorial. And then the question is, what now? And the answers to that are really kind of vague and usually have to come from a player because the game itself doesn't tell you. So this is that next step where it's like, okay, well, you now know how to fly your ship. Now go fly your ship in these really simple sites, which are not just about new players, but also if you remember, they talked about how they're going to be stressing shorter form content. And these sites literally explode after 10 minutes so you can't do them for more than 10 minutes so they're designed to be these really nice packaged completable you can wrap your brain around them you know how they work and i think that that is actually really really good because that's that kind of really well-defined tool is how players become comfortable with their equipment and begin to experiment right because uh, they they have an, an environment that allows them to not only be successful but also experiment and be uh, rewarded or punished for that experimentation because these sites are not trivially easy. Like I took, um, I took a T one frigate. I can't remember. I th- uh, it was just a normal armor repping frigate. And I actually had to pull range because I, I messed up and they got too many on me and I almost died. So And this was a level one mission or level one of these sites. So there is definitely a lot to it. I know that was a huge dump. I'm sorry. It's,
0: it's okay. Um, uh, we are going to move on. Like There's so much to talk about, but we do have to move on. Um, after CCP Burger or Burgar, I, I don't know if he's Icelandic
1: or German or something. I'm sure it's Burger because CCP Burger and CCP Dragon are two of the new um actually i will say this one last thing about resource wars uh the important the the really important thing for me is that this really represents the 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 first of the new content that's being used or that's using the new content generation system right so like all of this blood raider fobs and all this stuff that we've been having has been an experimentation of both the ai and the new um event uh, building tools. And that was built by the people who were building the tools, right? So the FOBs that we saw before with the Blood Raider FOBs were li- or were literally, or the Sodios, were literally just like an example of the kind of thing that you could build with their tools. This is a different team now using those tools to build sites. So we're going to see more of these and we're going to see more interesting ways of looking at encounters. This is This should be just the beginning. Yes, this is true. It is very
0: exciting and I cannot wait to see it in-game. Um, the revamp of PvE is something that people have been asking more basically since the game came out. The new AI looks amazing. These new events and agency and the increased narrative going on them is incredible and fantastic. Uh, so after this, we have CCP Rise's talk, which uh, I love CCP Rise, but honestly, the talk scares the hell out of me. Uh, firstly, there was a bit of Alpha Clone yay going on. Alpha Clones going to be getting a bit of an update. Um, so... Currently, CCP are finding that if players play with alphas and they like them, they just go into Omega to be able to do all the things. And if they don't like it, they leave the game. Um, What surprised me a little bit, though I'm not sure why it did, is that CCP want playing as an alpha permanently to be a viable and enjoyable play experience. Um, So they're making some changes. Um, So firstly... Uh, Alpha clones will no longer be race-locked, no more racism among alphas, you'll be able to fly all category of ships, and further to that, they are gaining available skills. They will be able to train T2, small and medium guns, they will be able to fly battlecruisers, and they will also be able to fly battleships, though notably they don't get tech 2 guns. The bit I'm not sure if I support there is being able to fly battleships. Having Alphas be able to fly Hurricane Fleet, Ferox Fleet is already terrifying. Having them fly Faction Fit Mecharials, which already use metaguns anyway, because that's just how the fit works, and T2 large projectiles isn't that important. Or even, you know, Baltic Fleet would work as well. That's scary as all hell, um, but we'll get into that. Uh, further. You will still be capped at 5 million skill points, but if you subscribe as an Omega, gain more of the skills within those requirements, and then unsub, you will retain the extra skills. So if you train up to 5 million skill points and, say, haven't trained a Mar Battlecruiser, you sub for a month, train a Mar Battlecruiser to five, then unsub, you will retain and be able to use your Amar Battlecruiser five, I believe is how it's worked. just um, Yeah, the important or, or, thing or there is that uh, further, you can also one second, feel one second, quite further. Further, um, CCP also mentioned very briefly that they are looking into, now that they have more granular Plex, looking at subscription options beyond you buy 30-day chunks at a time. Um, They didn't confirm or deny any specifics, but I would assume this means that we might be able to buy weekend passes or week-long passes or fortnight passes of game time with Plex, which is super,
2: super interesting. That's not what they said. They said they were going to explore training options beyond the 30-day thing, not subscription options. Fairly sure subscription will stay.
1: What we're, what what do you mean by training? Options?
2: Well, in other words, it, either way, they're saying that you. I'm I'm, correc- I, I'm not game breaching game. the NDA. I'm correcting you on what was actually said.
0: I apologise. I was mistaken. I assumed yeah. I assumed what they meant referred to subscription because we subscribe to play.
1: Hold on, hold on. Let me let me be clear. Uh, let me try to clarify this. You can you can. they were suggesting that you'd be able to buy o- Omega Time in smaller quantities than thirty days with plex not that you could buy like a two-week subscription with money
2: right but that was not said anywhere yet yeah like the, it's the, the main distinction i'm trying to make is that your subscription is not going to be the same as trading potentially or at least that's so, what's let, what's let me called. ask
0: you just in turn when i don't know if this is something that cc so the CSM asked CCP to do with regards to battlecruisers and battleships, or whether CCP released it. If it was a case where CCP released the CSM, how much puckering went on in the room when you realised that Alphas could fly, you know, dead space macarials with T1 guns. Like like basically, I had a look at the current PL fit for Macarials, and we fly expensive Macarials, as as you well know, Jintan, having killed plenty of them. Um the modules that RT 2 that alphas can't use, aren't actually that important. Like, we could have alphas of Dead Space materials. Obviously, with the locking to if you are flying an alpha account, you cannot multibox, that is still the, the biggest limit to just everyone playing alpha all the time when you can fly things like that. But what was the CSM's reaction to the sheer extent of um, how much alphas are now going to be able
2: to potentially do? We were really, really happy with battlecruisers. We thought um, adding battlecruisers to alphas was like unequivocally a, a great step. Um, battleships, we were a little more wary of. Like, The thing that we did in the in the actual meeting itself was we said, all right, so what are the top doctrines right now that all NullSec entities use? Um, the, the shortlist we came up with was Makarials, Maelstroms, Cerberuses, uh nightmares and feroxes those were kind of like our default these are things you'll probably see every day being used and you can use everything but serbs now as a free account um the major exception there being your escalation options your capitals etc etc um and we're not sure about (laughs) we're not we're not entirely sure it's going to be it's going to bring in enough people to make the potential drop-off of subs worthwhile. Like, It's a very weird situation when you're talking to CCP and you have to make the argument like, yeah, but can you guys like make more money? Because we're really worried you're not going to have enough money to do this.
1: Well, except for they, they offer alphas and, some, and their number of subscriptions go down, but their revenue goes up.
2: Like, like yeah, yeah. I, that, that's certainly the intent. Like, what I read from this is that CCB wants the game to go back to a 2011-2012 kind of population. And that's something we've seen for a while, is that ccb has been designing mechanics with that kind of population in mind, and they've realized that they can't have the game that they want without the player base that we had back then. So it seems like every, they're starting to just do things that will try and get, uh, get the game back to that level.
3: That's this my also- personal read. And there's also put in right there's plenty of limitations put into the things that's being rolled out now there's there's the economy there, there's uh, the the fact that you can only use one alpha per uh, computer right so so you can't really uh, exploit this extensively right so so there's there's a lot of balance points that's making up for any problems in my opinion and mm-hmm. then the 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 nerf to um, uh, the void bombs and um, the fact that the Materials uh, drop rates are going to change. So th- there's just so many uh, levers that they can pull. So I don't think it's a problem.
6: Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we, we can.
3: have a Dirk McGurk.
6: Oh hey, Dirk. my fucking God, I finally got it to work and now my wife like turns on the hairdryer.
0: Dirk, how was the emotion in the room when the keynote was being done? Was it your average Eve features announcement? Was it more excited? Was it less excited?
6: I was in the get free beer room. So I was in the overflow room. I was not actually in the, uh, the theater place. I was in where like everybody elected to go to, not because it was overflow, but because it was more like casual and loungy and whatnot. I'm going to tell you right now, there were a number of things that like um, um, there was actually cheering in our room as well. Um, The whole structures 2.0 thing. Obviously I think every line item there, people wanted to actually go up and hug Fozzie which all seems really freaking obvious. Um, the, the Alpha's thing was a little... The Alpha's thing was, like, all good up until that... Wait a minute, hold on. Like, Battleships too, uh, 20 million skill points? Wait, wait, what?
1: I think that what's happening here is a, a visceral disconnect between what the player base thinks that the goals of Alpha clones are and what CCP
6: thinks the goals of alpha clones are? I agree. I totally agree with you there, Ash. Yeah,
2: because I think, I think th- a lot. I think I think from the player base perspective, alphas exist to make money, whereas I think from CCP's perspective, alphas exist to make their paying customers' game it, experience better.
1: It, it, there's a kind of a psychology that alpha that that the current player base has that feels that alpha clones should be something that you eventually grow out of, right? Um, whereas it's clear that CCP wants alphas to be a very viable option, because the biggest thing that they even talked about was that it's this idea that, oh, well, Alpha Clones is just a forever trial. And that's not what CCP wants it to be. Have you guys played any of the other like, MMOs that have come out that are free to play, like ArcheAge? I think that that playing games like that is very telling to the kind of philosophy that CCP is trying to like have as their end game for their alpha clones. because basically what they have is uh, free accounts operate as almost like the the soldiers or the the pirates, the scoundrels. They don't have really good incomes themselves. And so they either live by scavenging off of people, scamming or like, you know, doing all those kinds of things, or working for someone who does have things. And then the paid for accounts are the people that are allowed to have property. They're allowed to, to they get way more um, points to allow them to do crafting and that kind of stuff. So the paid for accounts kind of function as almost like an upper echelon character. Uh, and the low, and the, uh, the free-to-play accounts function as kind of grunt soldiers. Um, And it really seems like CCP is going in that direction as well, because it's important to note with all of these things being added to, uh, to alphas, they're not getting any new quality of life changes. They're not getting, they're not getting cloaking. They're not getting any of the things that were previously restricted on alphas. They're just going to be better fighters.
3: I just hope that they also consider uh, adding some industry and uh, mining options to the alpha or the extended alpha option, because that could potentially compete with the current uh, multi-boxing, uh, multi-account uh, dominance. It was kind of mentioned in the in the thing with uh, with barges. I do actually support that they grant access to uh, mining barges uh, to the extended alpha accounts, and I also think that they should put in things like industry reactions, T2, uh, T1 production, so you have some way of actually competing with the current uh, multi-account and multi-boxing scenario. So they become an, a secondary uh, alternative uh, that you lock into and then that takes out some of the uh, current uh, balance. Uh, I people mentioned that they were going to cancel their accounts, if uh, uh, the, their multi-boxing uh, accounts if Alpha's got that access and I think that's exactly what CCP should want because that increases the value of active play.
1: I, as I...
0: our resident game dev, um Karneros, lovely man that you are could you possibly give us the briefest spiel on the modern industry take on what free to play should be in games like eve though there are a few games like eve but in general for mmo's
4: well eve's always a, an edge case in, in an mmo but as a game dev you normally if if there's a, a subscription mode you normally do want to also or, or, a, or a premium mode you normally do also want to have your your free player mode be viable long term i i agree uh, that that ccp is behaving normal normally in setting that up they're not being uh unusual and eccentric by trying to make their free player mode uh viable for a long term but the the use case i'm excited about for this is the old player who comes back to the game to say hi now knows he can log in and say hi to everyone as an alpha. And then a fleet gets pinged. um, And surprise, he can actually, with a couple tweaks, use his alpha character to get in the fleet and go fly around with the group. Um, And I can see that being a really positive experience and that helping get their blood flowing again and get them excited to come back and play.
6: I I think it needs to be seriously clear here, though, that. This expansion of the level of skills and skill points, right? That that alphas will be able to use. Um, you only get that free stuff up to five million. Everything past there, you are going to either have to skill inject, or have omega time in order to train. This is not a free gimme all the way to twenty million skill points. Exactly. Can right. alphas use skill injectors? Yes. Sure. They can. When they when they, they omega, they can.
1: But so here's, here's the thing, let me just clarify it real quick because uh, the, the change only really gets understood if, in context of the way it is right now. So right now we can train 5 million skill points, but that's just because the pool of alpha skills that are available happens to hit 5 million skill points. So if you train all of your alpha skills, you end up with just under 5 million skill points. In the new world, it's you have access to 20 million skill points, pick the first 5 million for free. And so right, what like. I think is going to happen is you're going to start seeing skill plan plus ship fit ideas for alpha plot pilots. There's going to be an alpha Garmer setup where it's like make a new character, train these exact skills, get the garmer, and now you have an alpha Garmer pilot. Anything that you can train into in less than five million skill points, you're going to get these like you, you can have kits which I think is actually really freaking cool. Okay, I'm
0: going to jump on here. I, I kind of rudely am using my host jump in. I wrote it in chat. I'm so mean. Sorry. Um, It feels like that the gradient between alpha and omega as a player is decreased because you can be a pure alpha, do the five mil lifestyle with a few more options and this is right now and going forwards, uh, and then you go straight to Omega. Here, you can just sub for a month or two, try out these new skills, get used to having them, instead of trying to sub for a month and then immediately being locked out of those skills again. It feels like it's almost like we now have three stages of uh, subscription. There's pure alpha, where you've not paid CCP any money ever. There is alpha plus, or even beta, you might call it, where you've put a month or two of sub time in or you've bought some injectors and now you have an alpha account beyond 5 million skill points. So you might have been going on and off the subscription as and when you can pay for it or as and when you've needed those extra skills. And then finally, there's the full omega. Do you guys think that that's a useful lens to look through on this?
1: Yeah, people have been talking about this since the alpha clones were, were announced. People were like, oh, they should make a beta clone, which allows me to keep some of the skills that i might have changed when i was omega and i think that that's what this really does which is very valuable because as an alpha pilot you can now look at a subscription and not only is it like oh i'm now permanently gaining myself back better as opposed to i'm going to lose this if i end up unsubbing which feels bad but you got to remember omega time trains twice as fast as alpha time so for an alpha pilot that feels like a miracle in and of itself i've had pilots you know, because obviously we, we cater for alphas in Aderon, the premier corporation for Galente alpha clones. So we deal with a bunch of alphas and what we what I've discovered is that a lot of alphas will actually go Omega, not even because they want Omega skills, but they want Omega training speed. So, um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that any way you slice this, the person feels good about the decisions that they've made, um, which is really what you want when it comes to this kind of game design. <laughs>
4: And I really like the fact that they're innovating with the business model here on these. That's very healthy. That's it's going to help them uh, achieve their next breakthrough on on the subject of the the monetization
3: side of Eve. Yeah, that was kind of what I wanted to, to expand on too. The the fact that earlier we already had a talking station episode where I think it was a renders that talked about this whole thing with the beta clone or scaling uh, new types of uh, monetization. And I do like the fact that this is like the first step in uh, the direction of what I kind of uh, argue that they need to make it uh, free to play for everyone that's actually not training. Uh, And I think that could eventually be where we end up. But that means that the whole skill point uh, injection system and the monetization scheme needs to be balanced. I don't know exactly when that's going to be mature enough. But I do think that we could actually end in a point where Omega is only something you do when you want skill points.
1: Well, again, it, it, it really boils down, it's not just skill points though, because it is quality of life and it is industrial stuff, right? So so the, the people who have the, the means of production should be locked within as much as possible within Omega. The alphas do have limited industrial, but they don't have it to scale. They don't have PI, they don't have cloaking, They don't have uh, a lot of those kinds of things and they're not going to have reactions. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Speaking of which, as I, as so, I so is it,
2: that an, is that a no to a socialist revolution in even
3: online Ashcroft? That is what it is, well, no, right? This is what it right. is. If if, if, if this, is, uh, if this gets, gets more and more access to non-paying subscriptions, then it will become like the means of production. So the active players have access to that, and that's their benefit. That's on field. But when it comes to monetization, that goes to the wealthy, the the upper class, the elite, right? That's going to be the ones that do Omega. So the whales. Are going to be outside of the game they're going to be paying ccp to actually uphold the game but the actual gameplay is of the plebs or the worker class right yeah i just I like
2: did... to say instead of having beta clones can we just call these the pro- proletariat, that yeah, the proletariat. So or the yeah that's the name no they're not the precariat the precariat are just sad indeed but that actually I'm
0: just going to talk over you, Ashtarothy. Um, So uh, we need to, unfortunately, as much as I love hearing everyone talk, move on to yet more topics. We're going to move on in the last 15 minutes of the show to what CCP presented, the player news, and some out-of-game stuff. So the CCP presents section, uh, CCP is still working on Project Nova, still no more details currently, but coming in the next few months rather than at some point, which was what was said at FanFest. At FanFest, it was, we're still working on it, full stop. Now it's, we're still working on it, details in the next few months. So Nova's still coming through. I spent a lot of time talking about working on Project Aurora with their partner company in the UK, which is a mobile-based MMO, which is not integrated to the Eve universe, but is based on the lore. It's going to be able for iOS and Android. My question is, if CCP, can every 18 months afford to invest in a new game on a new uh, console or system, and um, do all this stuff, could they just do like one cycle, just one, all I'm asking is just one, for a real marketing campaign for EVE Online? Last year at Vegas, we saw a small number of player ads, which I never saw played anywhere. Like. The way the Google algorithm works is that it plays you ads for things you have already shown an interest in, basically. So I get the little EVE Online banner ad sometimes. I looked up a um, a Nancy Drew video game for my girlfriend's younger sister. I was just on the webpage one day and I'm just spammed with Nancy Drew opening ads on YouTube. But I've never seen these big EVE Online ads. And in the gaming sphere, I don't think anybody actually sees any EVE Online ads. CCP's marketing department I I cannot understand between skin the ridiculous price of skins and the just not marketing at all of the game, especially when CCP seem to be focusing on play raising the player count. They cannot just be relying on word of mouth. Like I'll hand this over to you guys, but. Please CCP advertise your Goram game. It's a good game. You are not the tiniest indie developer. You are not AAA, but you are not the smallest indie developer. And I hear more about new indie games than I do about Lifeblood, than I do about uh, Valkyrie Warzone, and I actually play the game. Do,
6: do, I, do, I cannot. Do, do you believe remember, you it? only gave us 15 minutes for this topic. Do, do you remember when when the whole Alpha Clone thing came out and and. There was this whole idea that, well, they're not marketing it right now. They're waiting, um, you know, they're waiting until they get it right, and then they're going to do it. And here we are a year later. Yeah, no, they still they have not marketed.
1: I'll, I'll straight up say that I was the one that said that a year ago.
6: I know you were. So, so that's <laughs> fine. People kind of thought it like in general at the same time, but here we are a year later. You're absolutely right. They do not market this game out there. I still believe that this is still. Like word of mouth amongst players and, and that, that needs to change.
1: I'm starting to have grave concerns that CCP may not have faith in their own product. Like I don't um, think that at all. Well, so like, so like, I think it's thing. one
0: that Hilmar isn't engaged with even, hasn't been since years. Well, there's a
1: critical problem, which is that uh, this all goes back to what I was talking to CCP Seagull about two years ago, which is that one of the things that they learned at uh, the bit battle, not the battle for Asakai, but the ba- next one. Um, uh, B-Tech R. B-Tech R. The, what they learned from uh, B-Tech R and the This is Eve trailer and all that stuff is that basically Eve has, is this really awesome engine to turn p- potential customers into X customers. And uh, that was a huge <laughs> problem for CCP. And that's why you're getting this you know, NPE and all that stuff. I just wonder if like, at every single step, CCP like puts it out and like gets ready to market it and then looks at it and goes, oh people aren't going to stay in this And so like every step of the way I feel like, okay well now's the time to do it and and now is the time to do it because, with resource wars and all that stuff, now these people have things to do once they start playing. You now have a game for those new players to play until they find out about the meta game and all that other stuff. But yet-
0: the ad campaign must come. It will come. Uh, Carlos, so go ahead. Of course, it's not even a fucking. Wait, wait, wait yes. let
4: you're, well, you hit the nail on the head. Timing is really, really important on this. They start; they spend a little bit of budget just at the beginning of the alpha clone thing. But what they really wanted to do was get the new player experience where they wanted it, and get the alpha clone experience where they wanted it, and then uh, spend spend their money because it's not it's not just that uh, they only have so much money to spend on marketing. They can get more money later. What they, what it is, is they only have so many prospects they can market to, and they want those people to have a really good conversion and retention rate, if at all possible. So they don't want to burn through them and then have them unavailable
1: for future marketing. Well, okay. I get all that. And, and, you know, the nice thing is that it's free to play. So it's like, well, you can always bring them in later. Um, And that's kind of what I've been telling myself, but Eve Valkyrie released last week And was not on the Steam carousel. And the numbers on Steam show it. Like I know, I know that there's other uh things like the the PlayStation market and all this stuff. So I'm not you know, the PCU on Steam isn't telling the full story, but it is telling the story that people on Steam literally don't even know that Valkyrie exists, let alone isn't a virtual reality uh game anymore. It's not on the carousel, it's nowhere on the front screen and it shows.
4: It is very hard to get something on the front screen of Steam, by the way.
1: There's, there's indie games on there. Spore, Galactic, whatever. Fine. Maybe it's more difficult than I thought, Think, but it just, it seems like that would be a very obvious thing for them to do, is to put it front and center. Okay,
0: so uh, overall, then we are hoping that when Project Genesis comes all the way through and CCP are happy and they've tinkered with the MPE and whatever small scale testing they're doing with the current lo- flow of new players we get is going well. That's when ad campaign, ad campaign, ad campaign everywhere, and we just see it plastered across billboards and TV screens. We get a Super Bowl ad, um, like Perma Band literally, literally do the yeah. American national anthem at sports games at the big Super Bowl, like. I want that, man. I want that so much. Like, they land in a real-life Rifter. I don't know.
1: Anyway, mute, so mute, we mute have to, to, to Well, I have one more thing to point out that. about that, though, which is that we that's also didn't really get bad. a cinematic trailer, so that's really odd, too.
0: Yeah, cinematic think, trailer. They
6: usually do as a I think none of that is going to happen, though.
0: Anyway, anyway, we need to move on to player news. Um, So many things have happened. I'm going to list all of them and then we'll pick a few things out. There was a IAS tech, I5 Citadel fight, which is a thing that happened that I learned that happened when we started the show today. Um, There has been a big offensive in Tama and a big defense of it. Naturally, Um, the culture have dropped Sov in Fountain to the initiative. Um, there was a Kaides reimbursed by CCP from NPC rat database cockup drops in a Naglfar Kilmel. So I believe it was wrecking crew killed the nag. It uh, has a um, uh, it was uh, it had a Kaides in it, which is an alliance tournament prize ship and ridiculously expensive. And um, on the player news, it says Waffles to join Pandemic Horde. That is not in fact accurate. Waffles have officially joined Pandemic Legion. It is the final graduation. All my little waffle bros have grown up and they are now a full member of Pandemic Legion Corporation. Always we have also member. gained the corporation Oblivion Watch, which is actually an old Hydra corp, which obviously makes that quite interesting, um, especially when it comes to the AT next year. So very first thing, uh, Astrofi, give me the three-minute version or less of the recently what's been going on in Tama.
1: Sure. Well, the story of Tama kind of goes back to um, uh, a different offensive. There was an offensive of the Galente about two weeks ago um, to try to take back Nen that stagnated out. The state managed to kind of turn the blade, Um, although a couple of us were all kind of playing in Nolsec at the time. So when we came back, we were like, like, well, we need to do something. So we targeted a, a Tama. It had recently been flipped by the state. Um, and so we decided to see how big of a noise we can make about it. So we did, we put out propaganda and all that stuff. And ultimately Tama became one of the, not only the deadliest system, but bigger than the top four or five deadly systems, uh, combined for basically a week. So it was a good old fashioned siege. We had some pretty funny mistakes, like we got locked out of the Fortizar we were staging out of for like a day, which really caused some problems. Uh, about halfway through the week, the state rallied and showed some really good force. We were we were doing up to 20 to 30 man fights in plexes basically all day. Um, besides that, we've seen s- scattered resistance. Um, Tama fell yesterday, but uh, the state has sworn to return. So. Um, that's where we're at right now. Tama is back in Galente control, but the state is vowed to reclaim it.
0: So a quick question to those of you who null politic far more than I do. Um, The Imperium, uh, after being kicked out of the north and encaged in their fortress in Delve, um, although the question is, are they prisoners or is that their fortress? You know, that that can be spun whichever way. Um, They initially tried an offensive on the north not that long ago in Hakonin, didn't go amazingly for them, um, depending on who you listen to. I, I, if you listen to the Matani, things went perfectly. If you listen to anyone else, they got the shit kicked out of them. Um, so, uh, either way, but has anybody else noticed how they've been very slowly, very gently, very quietly been expanding northwards through Fountain? And they've just kind of slowly been taking over. First, it was the moons, so and now it's Fountain, and then maybe later it'll be a bit of uh, Cloud Ring, but. Uh x70 action in pure blind what's the deal with that uh Karnas, as our resident uh, an apple pair actually of course as our two resident um imperium members um can you talk to some extent about the imperium expanding northward once again into fountain
5: what uh, what i hear is there's nothing to see there and nothing nothing happening at all it's,
0: it's uh, you are you literally ukraining leaders. me right now
5: no, this is just teasing you. No, but uh, I don't know exactly what the thing is, but uh, the culture laughed, and I think Inet took an opportunity to uh, claim the soft there, uh, in between our space and Syndicate, where Inet likes to live, and since our friends in MC did an oops with their Keepstar, uh, then that that's also a bit more. Uh, available to in it. I have the ID. So I don't know what the plans is and what is happening, but uh, apparently they stepped in the hole that uh, our friends in uh, the culture left behind.
0: Okay. Anybody have any thoughts on the IAS, the TAMA culture droppings of the KDs thing and the uh, additions and removals to the PL corporation list?
2: Same old, same old, just the general churn of Eve really
0: fair enough so now we move on to out of oh, game topics we, sorry
6: we, we can't just move we got waffles and adversity's out so it was like it was like this big swap right we got like you know the cool bros from waffles and adversity is like rolling on to like other pastures
0: they're not rolling on dirk they are <laughs> sticking in our pants like a nasty regretful one night stand tends to
2: i, I do i do want to say to
0: fish our supers and warquals
2: Shout out to uh, fucking Reza from literally six months ago saying that EL and Waffles are not the same entity and never will be. Okay. Just going to throw that Just out there. quiet. Are you Just... trying to roll, like, Weeb War 2? No, the, the Weeb War's still going on. <laughs> no one's got 10 of our corpses There is yet. no
0: end. It's it's like the World War B. It, you know, <laughs> it, it it doesn't end until the Matani says it does.
2: Uh, God damn it, yeah, I am the Italian of anime. they
0: are not doing anything, the war goes on. <laughs> anyway, just, out of game things. And... Uh, EVE Vegas is going on literally right now. We've been discussing what's been happening in the keynote and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. There's a ton of talks today going on. Watch CCP stream, get through them. I'll be watching them when I get home tonight. Um, our regular host...
6: happens in like an hour, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, does it? Our Is regular be sure? host Mataral, has his talk on the continuum of war at 1200. That's going to be fantastic. Please, please, please watch that. It's going to be so good. We have FanFest 2018. The dates are out. The early bird tickets sold out before um, CCP actually announced they were on sale because people kind of guessed what the link was or knew what the link was going to be. It will be the 15-year eve anniversary. Um, so it's going to be a massive blowout uh, spectacle. Um, there will be in the coming year, the first ever capsular parade through Reykjavik. They are literally having a spaceship parade. We need a 30 foot, thirty-foot, 35-foot uh, middle management dino. We need a uh, you know a short bus fat bee. We need all these things. Um, then uh, also there will be Base Hunter doing a DJ set because he is a massive Eve nerd, as we know from Twitter and what have you. He'll be doing a DJ set at the party on top of the world along with regular guys, Permaband. Then in 2019, there will be four fanfests. There will be uh, on the west coast of the US, Vegas. There will be uh, a Euro one in Amsterdam. There will be an Australian one, which is Eve Down Under. They are still deciding East Coast US locations. But in 2019, Fanfest is going on the road. Those events will still be at their core. What those that those events are, but CCP will be, instead of using their budget on having a huge party in Iceland, they will be amplifying and extending the party in each of those locations. After that, in 2020, they will be coming back, we believe, to Iceland and going back. The Fanfest on the road is not necessarily something they're going to do every year. In 2020, it's going to be kind of back to a return of form, I believe. Yes, Mr. McGurk?
6: Well, I was going to say this is still kind of like an unclear sort of thing, right? Like, like even out here, I I do not have a I do not have a good handle on what exactly that twenty nineteen year is about. Because upping the level of Serdam makes sense. Upping the level of Eve Down Under makes sense. Um, kind of what they did with Eve Vegas when they began to get more heavily involved to the point of potentially taking it over, kind of thing. Um, it's still kind of unclear what the what the whole idea is behind that, um, especially when they start talking about a second big East Coast kind of U.S. deal, right? You know, there's people that are sitting there going, "Is that going to take away from eVegas?" Um, you know, in that regard, you know, so it's like I, I'm still I not clear it's more about I think are
0: Vegasifying it. the other places in terms of CCP involvement and still doing what they currently do with Vegas.
1: Yeah. yeah. It seems to me like they're taking the model of V-Vegas and they're kind of transplanting it into everywhere else.
6: Which which makes sense because, because look, eves should be upgraded. It should get more support. So should, you know, Eve down under, right? Um, this whole idea of another, you know, an East coast, something bigger, it, like, like, it's still like, okay, you know, I'm not sure. And then of course it goes back to 2020, the year after. And, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm not clear about like what's
1: happening with it all. Well, I don't think that they're clear about it necessarily either because it's like one of those things that they probably will decide how well it goes, <laughs> by based on how well it goes, whether or not they ever want to do it again.
0: It feels like more recently the community team have been really pushing really hard in the uh, community group involvement. The EveMeet participation has blown up exponentially over the past year or two. We've recently seen the Twitch involvement of CCP really go up. And this may be, well, we're waiting to do the main ad campaign, but we can do this. Uh, in terms of extending that word of marathon, extending, oh, hey, where were you last weekend? Oh, I was at this massive party in Vegas for this spaceship game I play with hundreds of other people. Um, so like that, that, that may be something there. Still, unfortunately, it is time for us to wrap up the show. Thank you so much, Apple, Pear, Astrothy, Caleb, Carnaros, uh, uh, Dirk for dropping in, uh, Jintan, and of course, Jing M- McLeod for running the show. Um, Matarol should be back from Vegas next week and hosting once again. I hope I've done an okay job in his stead. Thank you all so much for watching. Make sure you go to Matarol's uh, event. Uh, make sure to check out Matarol's Patreon to help support the show. Thank you all so much for watching. Watching even um, everybody final. Show- Shoutouts going in the order as you appear on Discord.
5: Uh, I will bear only one shoutout. I hope we all see you in about a month in uh, Amsterdam, and see you there.
6: Agree with Apple.
4: Break a leg, Matterall. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, you know, it up. Up. Uh, <laughs> since it's my turn, I just wanted to like, just quick jump in and sit there and say, I'm going to tell you guys right now, this is really a blowout freaking Eve Vegas. There are so many people here. It is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, I still have my voice, kind of, in a way, um, and, and I expect that will be gone after tonight because tonight is actually the big fucking party, but we have barely even begun to, like, get into the uh, you know, the Eve side of Eve Vegas yet. It has been nothing but just
2: players having parties. Yep, can't wait for Eve Saddam to have even more parties. Fucking hype, boys. Ash.
1: Yeah, uh, my shout-out is to all the dudes in FedUp and in the Gal Mill who helped support TAMA, the, the guys who ran fleets during EU, the, the Caldari Alphas that found ships and fits to be able to contribute. Uh, we had a huge movement from our guys, and we need more people. So Federation Uprising is recruiting, and uh, we're trying to find a better Eve.
4: And thank you to all the EVE devs hanging out with us in the lobby bar during EVE Vegas.
6: Oh, they're all over the place. Uh, you know, and it, it goes back to this whole idea of, They recognize what these player meets are. They recognize that the people that are committed to coming to these things are the hardcore people that are also staying with this game. They, you know, the the whole socialization aspect, they are totally with and they're out there with us
0: so this is the end of the official show if you want to keep going and have a little after show i'm sure some of these guys will be hanging around do join up on the tis discord to chat about so much stuff there's always so much to talk about when ccp release a whole bunch of information at these big events but this is the end of the show thank you so much for watching we will see you next week at 1500 eve on uh, the imperium news twitch